Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds, the good and the bad, the concerning and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimmy, our passionate heart. Yeah, yeah. And Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Yes. Okay. Please and thanks. Please and thanks. Let's yes. not mince no words. Let's just jump into the checkup mm-hmm. before we get into one single more thing. How are mm-hmm. you, my friend? I am doing okay. I'm doing all right for, you know, Saturday we're recording, uh, Saturday evening. I can't complain. This this past week, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was a week. Winter winter blues. You feel like yeah, winter- like I'm just done. I'm over it. Like I'm over this winter's nonsense. Like I just <laughs> need the summer already. I need some, you know, quality time in the sun. Mm, you yeah. know. Ooh. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like, anyway, it's just depressing sometimes here in uh, Canada and Toronto specifically with the winter and the cold. We yeah. haven't had a lot of snow. I can't complain. No, and I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. However, okay, you can't do as much. You can't go, you know, as many places. It's kind of still cold. Anyhow, back to the week. The week was all right. I'm here. <laughs> I'm alive. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And yeah, everything is good over here. How about you? How you doing? I would say I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you, I think it's low energy because we just haven't had any sun. I know it's winter, but like even for winter, we it's been very, very cloud, cloudy. Yeah. I've had this conversation. Gray. And gray. We just have had this conversation with a lot of people because even... When there's snow, particularly when there's snow, I don't know what it is. Um, we have a lot of clear skies. So even yes. so when I say clear skies, there's no obstruction to getting sunlight, like a lot, right? like direct direct sunlight. Mm-hmm. And as we know, like sunlight is how we get our vitamin D, most of our vitamin D, and so mm-hmm. vitamin D does play a big role in your general mood. Yeah. And so that's what we always call about the winter blues, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> winter it. blues is not necessarily the cold, but it's more like that lack of vitamin D brings you your your serotonin and your energy levels exactly. down. So I I would say that's what I'm feeling. But you know what? I have my health, my family's good. You know what I'm have saying? My, have mm. my job. And that's just a li- that's a life cycle of somebody who lives in an area where that's you go right. through four four seasons. And so, man, which makes you appreciate the spring and all the seasons actually even more. That's so, right. yeah. So, I'll say I'm good. I'm blessed. I will be um, heading to Montreal early next week just for work. Nice. I want, I'm not going to stay long because winter. I think if it was spring, I would stay an extra day or two. Yeah. But it's winter, so I think I'm just going to go do what I need to do for work and come back. <laughs> so right. One day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, get a, get a little bit out of my routine next week, so... Yeah, yeah that, that too, mm-hmm. that too mm-hmm. is getting out of the routine. Sometimes yes. it, you know, it can get, you know, just the same old, same old. And it can yeah, get, yeah, it yeah. Bring you so when you change, you know, your atmosphere or your environment, like that yeah. always gives you a little extra pep in your step for the winter months, you know. Hopefully. So that should we'll be see. fun for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so sounds like we're doing okay. We're doing good, you know. We're not doing amazing, but I think it just need a little sun sunlight, and that would do give us so much a quick fix. But here we are, right? 
So we'll jump into our headlines. So first we're going to start with some exciting news, mm-hmm. which is we're recording the day before the Super Bowl. Yes. And Super big, Bowl big is Super coming Bowl. up. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Kansas Chiefs versus the 49ers, or as you want to say, Travis Kelsey versus... Right? <laughs> Travis Kelsey versus the world. No. He's... Uh, 49ers is that mixed boy. I don't isn't know why. It, yeah, he's the first black quarterback. Isn't quarterback. Or, or, like, he's not the first one, but he's very, very good one. He's a very, right. very good... Yes. Uh, Mahomes. Mahomes. That's a boy. Like, so that's mm-hmm. a big quarterback on the 49ers. Oh, they're, I'm sorry. They're on the same team. So let's call it... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mahomes and Kelsey are on the same team. So it's Kansas City Chiefs versus the 49ers. And uh, so, you know, big things. I think it's going to happen in... Vegas? Is it happening in Vegas? If you can't tell, listeners, this is not a sports podcast. <laughs> because we just ain't in it. No, I'm <laughs> We just ain't in it. This but... is not this is not a sports <laughs> podcast, which we like to say a lot. Yeah, but the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl. I know. Sorry if I'm insulting somebody's listening who likes football and is like, "What right, the hell is I'm this sorry, sorry. <laughs> I had to put it out the disclaimer because I don't really know all this shit. Like I, yeah. I don't know nor it's do a, I care. Yeah, it's, it's on. Um, it's it's, it's going to be. It's you football. know, it's, it's just not my forte. Basketball, on the other hand, oh, yes. I'm all in it. Okay, so, mm. but yeah. So well, yeah, it's going to be in Las Vegas, and mm-hmm. everybody knows, we talked about this last week, Usher is going to be the halftime entertainment. That's the be... only reason why I'm tuning in. Oh, Thank I'm you. tuning in, baby. And it's a, like Super Bowl is a cultural phenomenon, so it's like, yeah. it can't it can't not talk about it. It's going to be everywhere, the commercials, everything. Right. So I'll be on the lookout for a cute commercial that I've seen so far that is really cute, is Uber One with um, Posh Spice and her husband. Um, Uber Eats, and, and it's a, a spoof on uh, a scene in the reality show where her husband, uh, or what's his name, Posh Spice, and the soccer player Beckham. His, Beckham, yeah, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, Beckham is like, I only yeah. know that because he's cute. Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, I knew, I, I knew, I know his David Beckham. Yeah, I know his yeah. name. You know, but mm-hmm. uh, foggy brain right here. Yeah, and there's a scene where he's like, "Yeah, you're you were rich. You're you're da 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 da." She's like, "No, I was not. I was middle class." And yeah, it, right. And it went very. <laughs> and it, yeah, exactly. And it went that scene went viral, and they and they made like a spoof of that. It's pretty cute. So we'll look out for the other commercials that that are out there. And like we said, you know, we were yeah, last year, yeah, last week, we were our last episode. We were predicting. Who else is it? Do we think Usher is going to bring on? So for sure, no debate. We, we decided Lil John. Not even a debate. No. Another one. Another one. No debate. I would say is Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, that's definitely. If no they debate. have, a, if they're really, and if there's no tension there, I can't imagine. Well, he's kind of, you know, Usher's kind of a loyal. He's like, yeah, he's, like yeah, loyal he's to loyal. The people. That's he knows. true. Yeah. True. So I definitely those two. Here's a rumor based on what people have been seeing that we didn't even the well didn't even cross my mind, which is Alicia Keys. Ah, uh. which I know they have a good song. They have My Boo, which is a cute song, but I don't think that I don't. That's not like mm. 
that's not a big, big, so I don't know how she finished. And I don't see that being a halftime at the football game type of song. Right? But, you know, maybe, you know, he, like you said, he's a loyal friend, so. He is. He <laughs> is. I'll say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, look We're out for that. We're looking out for you, Usher, though. That's the only why I'm tuning in. I'm telling you that right now, Usher, you are the reason why I'll be watching the halftime for the football game. I'm telling for- you that right now. And mm-hmm. you know what? I forgot to say that um, I might be seeing Usher in Labor Day when he comes to Toronto. He's coming to Toronto. Yes, going on tour. I heard he's coming to Big Big Toronto. I said, okay. Oh, yes, well, I might. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, as it's, it, I'm having a conflict schedule, but if I'm not traveling around that time, I will definitely be forking out the money to see Usher. Yes, and speaking of Usher, Usher, I love you so much. You are an awesome performer. But ladies, if he's coming to Toronto, remember that there is very much a rumor the man has all sorts of diseases, okay? So please (laughs) stay out of his hotel room. Stay away from him if he comes to Toronto. That's all I'm trying to say. We're not trying to have an infestation go on down (laughs) here in Toronto, okay? No, I'm playing, I'm playing. But it is a rumor. Yeah. That Usher, you know, he has the burns. Yeah. <laughs> he has the burns. Yes. So just yes, be yes. careful. But you're great, Usher. Otherwise, you're awesome. And he loves to serenade and he loves to, you know, dance on people and stuff. So that should be awesome to see if he's going to do any serenading at the Super Bowl. That I, mm. I I love me some Usher, though. Like I said before, he's the king of uh, R&B for me. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be nice to see him perform. Okay. So... Moving on to some local events, media, Toronto media stuff going on. So Bell Media, listeners, if you're not from uh, Canada, Bell Media is one of our biggest media companies. In Let's just our- put it out there. It's... The it top. is the biggest. I think it, it is. is the top. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is actually. the top. He, they well, are the, so- the huge competitor. He... They at are least, the competition. How about that? <laughs> yeah, well, after this news, after this, well, after this news, I don't know about that anymore. But yes, that traditionally, they, Bell Media has been the biggest media conglomerate in uh, Canada. And so this week, there was news that they had a massive uh, layoff and they sold off 45 of their 103 regional radio, radio stations. That's almost 50%. That's a lot. That is a lot of media stations to let go of, right? That's a lot. Especially for Canada, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. And and they're in the big markets. They're being sold in British Columbia, Ontario, Quebec, and Atlantic Canada, which is like Nova Scotia and East East Canada. And then uh, the job cuts was about like, I think they were saying about 8%, 7 to 8% job cuts. And that's over. And that amounts, this is to tell you how big the company is. Okay, like less than ten percent job cut cuts equates to forty eight hundred jobs. Jesus, that's a lot, <laughs> that's a lot of jobs. Okay. I was like, "Damn, Bell Media, right?" Woo. There's some things going on. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Even at eight to ten percent, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people who are going to be jobless, mm-hmm. and you know, depending on. Uh, what part of Canada they're going to be chopping those jobs. Mm. Oh my. Yeah. Cause in certain parts of, um, Ontario, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of things for you to like get yourself into work wise. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bell 
is and a then, huge employer. It's yeah, a huge but employer. In, gen- in general, but this is like specific. The yeah. media, the the media, like Bella's a company let go of uh, forty eight people within the last week, I guess. But even like the media section is where, well, they said ten percent total job cuts are uh, from media specifically. So it's not all media, but that that is still a lot. That's about eight hundred people in Bell Media. She's on, and the, so. It's such a specific niche, like media and entertainment and production. Like, you know, like you're saying, yes, job cuts as a whole is bad in a community, but when it's a specific type of job that people do, right? Like, you know, like that's, that, that skill set is very specific right. to the industry. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, even, even more so to add on to your point. So, um, prayers up with their, the, um, Job people losses, that the, the job yeah. loss and the news also said that it's ending a lot of their evening programs so evening programs on their chan- tv channels which biggest one is ctv locally yeah. that we know of but they also own C- like city pulse and like they own a lot of big sh- channels <laughs> let's put it that way as kim said and it called the debate this hour and top three tonight on their news channel and uh, some of their uh daytime news programming so a big shift happening at Bell Media. I mean, Bell Media, like we know, or Bell as a whole, Bell as a whole in terms of Canadian companies, not just media, is one of our largest corporations, Canadian-owned corporations. Canadian, right? that's, yeah, Canadian and, specifically, because there's lots of large yeah. uh, corporations here. However, they're not Canadian-owned. Yeah. And and the empl- like, like we mentioned, is like, they, that's clearly, a, that's they what I'm worried for. They employ a lot of people. Shoot. And that's so, a lot of jobs. That's a lot mm-hmm. of jobs. Expect like okay. For instance, I'll give a quick example. When you're in Windsor, Ontario, there's not a lot of jobs for you to have. Yeah, there just isn't. There just the population isn't large enough. The city isn't big enough. They just don't have the infrastructure. They just don't have the jobs. So some of their big heavy hitters are people like are are companies like Bell, or the university, or like you know, huge businesses, uh, like the casino. So when these big places lose jobs or or people lose their jobs in these, these smaller towns that have these huge companies, it's devastating. It could be really devastating because a lot of that particular town or small city works at the bell or works at the casino or work. You know what I mean? So anytime you get a, (sighs) like, a masses of, of firing or layoffs or whatever, it affects an entire city. So Toronto here, we're a little bit bigger. We're not a little bit in terms of Windsor to Toronto, we're gigantic. Yeah. And so, you know, you can find more opportunities. There are more jobs. There are more uh, opportunities available to you. However, it still makes a big, it's still, Listen, I found out many years ago that when my mom was a very young teenager, she worked for Bell. Oh, lots of... Uh, lo- they, you know what? They're a good That's company. That's like the story. That's that the is- story. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of... No, now that you mentioned Bring Your Mom, it, uh, I have a friend. Like, I think they, they hired a lot of, I'm going to say Caribbean people that I know of that that worked at Bell at some point in time. Yeah. There are people who worked there like over 20 years before they... Yeah. 
downsides, particularly in their like accounts. If you remember, it was Bell, like and that telecommunications. So that's an it's outside of media. It's a big. That's where we get all our cable and our phone services. Yeah. Everybody really what they owned the monopoly was on the phone. Like how yeah. what is it landline yeah. landlines? Yeah, yeah, big time back in that day. And so you know when my mom was in high school, you know senior in high school, she got a job at the Bell. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of her friends got a job at the bank. Yeah. And of- a lot of them used it as a catalyst to bigger things. And a lot of them stayed. But even back then, they did massive firing like this. That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. That right? was good so to the bell, I, I'm giving context to the bell being, they do this often. Yes. They do yeah. massive hiring and massive firing. And it does affect communities it does affect you know smaller towns and you know and stuff like that so uh, it's going to be interesting what the bell because usually what happens is bell likes to stay ahead of the trend so back then they realized that automated automated calling you know you didn't call the operator anymore you would call for an automated system and so back then they realized that and they started to let go people quicker because they started to invest more into the automated system. And so there's no need for all these extra people. So um, I find that Bell, I have kept in, in, you know, I try to keep in uh, my ears to the ground when it comes to the Bell, because mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunities when they do come and you can make a pretty penny at the Bell. However, yeah. understand there is no job security there. Exactly. That's That was what my going to be my follow-up is that like Bell has... Like, with all the people who stayed there many, many years, especially if they were in the accounts like the thing with, with the landline business when we know people, landlines are a, a dying thing, just like cable, right? Right. They, mm-hmm. they force a lot, not force, but, you know, pressured a lot of people to take package out and stuff like that. So it's been a history. And I think, I don't know if it's the nature of the size of the company. I don't know if it's the way they run it, but layoffs is a, a big thing that has been consistent with this but I, ha- I think it has a lot to do with the technology, where yeah. technology is, and um, just, like, over overdoing it. Because, it, like, they own so much media, and yeah. it seems like now they want to diversify and let go of, like, say, the ra- some of their t- TV and radio stations, which it could be good. Here's what could be good. For, like, all those smaller people, like, we were That's talking true. about the new radio station that came for Black Music. Not new, but the rebranding of G98. Yeah, seven to flow ninety eight seven, which focus on black music. One of their challenges is signals. That's so, right. Now mm-hmm. with more stations available, maybe that's something they can look into and getting a better quality signal. Excuse me for the station, but anyway, that's big news in Toronto. We'll see how it goes. Prayers up to those who no longer have jobs from Bell Media, yeah. and yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Okay, so we'll also move. We'll move on to some. Semi Canadian, mm-hmm. it's kind of I don't know, kind of spicy, kind of spicy. I don't know if you thought, I don't know if you saw the video. I couldn't access the video because I had to confirm that I was eighteen or older, and then I had to download this app. So oh no, I you don't read it. Okay, and no, I was no. like, you okay, be, Drake, you should, you're not that special to me. I'm yeah, sorry, you, you shouldn't have <laughs> to do that. But it's on. You could probably find a Twitter. Link oh no, too. I'll find it, and hmm. I know I know a lot about it. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. 
But anyways, yes, Mr. drinks out in these streets. Okay. Mr. Aubrey Graham out here again. I could have sworn I've seen his dick pic already. I don't know why, but I could have sworn. It, it, I heard it a long time ago. Like an outline. I think he had on some gray jogging pants. Yeah, or something for something. Like for some, so I knew yeah. he was working with something already from some somewhere online. I kind of already knew Drake was not. He's packing. He was not. He was not Mr. <laughs> Tiny. Um, <laughs> but it was. It was. Uh, yeah, I kind of wish you saw it, but I, I just so he could know how I'm describing it. But the man was just sprawl out and just just whipping it around, whipping oh it God. around. I, it does look like that's why I kind of when you do see it, like we can't talk about it here, but when you do see it, I'm like, it does it look natural? That's my question to you. Well, you know what? I think it, it, like, without seeing the video, I think it is natural because they've been saying this about Drake forever. For a while. Yes, That exactly. he is, you know, he's one, he has a uh, big dick energy. You mm. know, he, he mm. does. He does. And because it is. Um, now, some people are, are more interested in girth and yeah. some people are more interested in length. Yeah. Now, from <laughs> what I'm hearing, Drake has the length. Yeah, yeah, sad. The yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have the girth. You know, some people yeah, are saying pencilish. Exactly. That's know? why I wanted to laugh because it's like he's just like like a little hole. It's like not little, but it's a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Very large pencil. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> ah, Drake, why are you having this in the streets? It's cute how he was. Uh, you know, he he made some comment. I actually I don't know if it was a meme or a deep fake. If he really said it, but. He's like, I didn't hide it from the world. I hided the world from it or something like that oh along God. those lines. It's like, oh, that's, you know, what do we expect from him? I know. Um, it just wouldn't but, be right if he didn't yeah, say something pretty like much, that. <laughs> pretty much Drake's buddy broke the internet this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, and it was, it was very break the internet worthy. Let me just put it that way. Well, and he still hasn't said anything about it, right? But Drake, what I will say is you just need to be a little careful because if you're going to, you know, bow out gracefully from this game, because you said you were taking a little bit of a break. So if you're going to do that, can we not have like this be the lasting, you know, memory of Drake? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just saying, let let your music speak. He's on tour tour right now. So more than enough to uh, for us to forget about that in the next few weeks. Um, well, some of us will forget. Some of us will forget. I don't know. Some. Oh, here another weird thing with this with with that leak is that the guys, the way men were commenting on this, it was a little bit uncomfortable. I was a like, why? <laughs> why? Why is there so much so called straight men commenting on Drake's meat? Like it was a little. I don't understand it. It was kind of. It was giving. It was a little off. I'm like ten ten years ago. Men, street men would not be so free what? to comment on. They on... wouldn't even be looking. <laughs> they, they wouldn't even look. They'd be like, "What are you showing me that for, fam?" Like, nah. I don't know I if don't it's a Drake. I don't know if it's a Drake phenomenon. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> Juicy Drake got the people out here tripping. Okay, right? Okay. So anyway, we'll move off of uh, Drake's package. We'll move <laughs> off of it. <laughs> Drake. Okay. Before we get into our Grammy recap. What the heck? Jonathan Majors. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I debated talking about this, but... I'm, I'm glad just, you did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Jonathan, boy, you can't, you can't, like, something, I mean, okay, here's, okay, so the headline is that two more women have come 
Ahava accused Jonathan Major of physical and emotional abuse. And these are women he had maybe long or had relationships with, sorry. I don't know how long or short, but he had relationships. And there are two people who were in the industry. Um, Damn, one of them he was engaged to. Emma Duncan was engaged to him between 2015 and 2019. Wow. And alleges that she once found messages between him and another woman when she visited him on set. Um, And when they were together... She claims that he pushed her on the couch and choked her when she got upset about the allegation, you know, seeing evidence that he's cheating Mm -hmm. on her, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to make sure you can't have children after throwing her across the the room. I was like, damn, son. The other woman is, so that's Emma Duncan. And then there was Maura Hooper. Quick, Quick question. What do you think the ethnicity of these names? <laughs> Maura so, Hooper. I know for damn sure they ain't <laughs> Megan Good. And I know for damn sure Megan blinked <laughs> twice <laughs> if you have a problem. Okay. Right? No, but for real, he, they're white women. Like, let's just yeah. call it a buck. Yeah. They're white, you know what I mean? Like, they're white women that he's talking about or was talking to. And so yes. this is why I wholeheartedly feel like Megan you are only there as a prop I'm Mm. sorry the contract isn't over yet because this man is gonna destroy what career you might have you being affiliated to this guy like honestly you need to run Megan good please Mm. run like you need to run this looks really bad yeah okay and I'm sorry to say but they're coming for him they're coming for him because it was already bad. It was already bad, right? Just like how the case rolled out. But yeah. But now they're trying to. Now they're doing the pylon. When they do the pylon, like they're doing, like they didn't remember. These are these are women who came up with these testimonies for the trial. They just released them because the trial is technically over and he's awaiting sentencing, right? So that means the media has decided to pick up these stories. Or I don't know if they pushed it to get these stories out to to highlight. That these incidences on him, right? And I was like, "Shit, he's he's kind of screwed." But what he really needs to do now is he needs to stay quiet. Here's here's my my plan for him because I like we said, I still think he can get work. He's that he's just that good, people. I'm sorry, um, but I think what it's he needs dwindling. To do, for it's, me. Dwind- it's dwindling. Oh, dwindling. Now, oh, it's definitely dwindling. He's probably gonna have to do a little. In the, he's not gonna be. Dwindling. Yeah, you have he's way like, too many Beckys calling out your damn name. Yeah, like you have right? way too many. That's the problem. Yeah, black many. women, maybe it could slide, but it's too many Beckys, right? And so <laughs> too many different Beckys too. Like, can we? <laughs> Shit. Like, Megan, run, girl, run. Okay, <laughs> no, but here, here, too many. Here, I want, I want to, like, and, and before I, I'm going to have it, like, this is, I, I do not condone this behavior. I don't care. At what, all. I don't care what race of women. I really couldn't dating. give a shit. This, he clearly has a problem. Like, like first Most and foremost. Most definitely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what he needs to do is kind of do like a eat, love, laugh, pray, eat, pray, love, whatever, laugh, pray, la- love uh, type of journey and go to Italy or go to Mor- Morocco, somewhere where there's a lot of brown, brown skinned people and, yep. and just like you know, work on himself because he clearly has an issue and kind of yeah. lay low, 
refine himself, recenter himself, and uh, I would say he needs to give it at least, he can't he can't reemerge until the earliest end of the year. Early. Listen, he needs to go on hiatus for a year. Mm-hmm. We uh, when I say a year, I'm why am I being so specific? Because in a year's time, you're still remembered, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not forgotten yet. However, mm-hmm. it's enough time for people to forget about what you've done and how much headlines for this type yeah. of nonsense that is, you've this been is in. Crazy. These are crazy headlines. Right? <laughs> and a year is a long time, I think, for someone to transform how they think and what they do yeah. and who they're around. Like, I think that's a, a good amount of time for you to transform. But what I will say, Jonathan, is this. I know that you are an awesome actor, okay? But I'm starting to wonder, mm. are you acting just on screen? Hmm. I really am. I'm starting to wonder because I don't understand how all these Beckys are coming out of the woodwork. Okay. How you got yourself in this position in the first place. I'm really having a hard time. And the type of things, it just seems repetitive. Like it seems like, is this who you are? Mm. Right. Well, so, no. well, well, I don't, I, I'm just saying, mm. how come you had all these Beckys and now you want to make good? Like I'm, I'm tired of the, the the charade with them too, as well. But mostly, I think I have to wonder: Are you acting just on the screen? Like, is this an act? Because your track record shows that you're into Becky's, not into this nice, beautiful chocolate brown woman here. So, I don't know. And if you're capable of doing that, I have to wonder. How much yeah, are you more capable like, are like you of doing? It's kind of like run, Megan, run, because... That's all I gotta say. At this point, Jonathan, you need to go on a hiatus for a year. Run, Megan, run. The contract is not worth it. It's done. Girl, get out while you can before you have a story to tell. Please. 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 So... You are not his Claretta. You are not his Claretta. <laughs> you need to go... He is not MLK, okay? He needs to go over there and fix himself. Okay. So before we move on... I have to I have to shout out his very odd lawyer again. It's so interesting who this lawyer is. I wonder if it's somebody he went to school with or something because this lawyer is always so the his lawyer Priya Chaudhry has denied all accusations of physical abuse but has called both relationships toxic and that her client was taking responsibility for his role in them and mm-hmm. added that her client Seems regrets like you- you enroll in lots of toxic relationships. That's a, right. That's that's the theme. Toxicity here. And who that that then now I have to ask the question. You're the commonality. Yeah, you're the common denominator. Okay. So. Uh huh. Yeah, and then also remember one of the reasons why I fell in love with him was a show called on HBO called Lovecraft Country, and there has been some of the people from the crew on that show who claimed that Majors was difficult with the women he worked with. And he had been accused of th- of threatening behavior and making derogatory racial remarks. And three women made a complaint to HBO, and he was forced to make an apology, calling it all of a misunderstanding. And his lawyer claims he was never told by anyone that they objected to his behavior. So something's murky in the water there. And I think I talked about this when the case when he first was accused by his current, not current, but his last girlfriend where people were coming out of the woodwork saying that I was like, again, why I had an issue with people only talking about that. Once all this was happening, if somebody has bad behavior on set, 
talk about it when they're on set. You know right? What I mean? So that's just that's just me. I was kind of siding it. I feel like there's a pylon, and like I said, now the case is over, and like it can't get murky with all this other random shit. But the case of public, the court of public opinion now is popping up with all this nonsense. So that's why I'm like, Jonathan, you gotta. I don't know what you're going to do. It's fuck- You've had fucked up behavior, but I also see that there's an agenda happening right now. You know? Definitely. But because, you know, there's there's been celebrities that's done worse. Like, Oh, definitely. So, like, I'm not saying... But I want to know who you, pissed, who you pissed off. Right? Cause, uh, exactly. Exactly. But anyway, we're going to leave it there. And I think they're going to... his. He, they haven't done his uh, sentencing trial yet, but he's not... They're, they're misdemeanor. He's not going to go to jail. Probably have some type of probation period or something. But he's, I don't... Based on what I've seen and what I've heard and read, he shouldn't... He's not going to be jailed for those charges that they that he mm-hmm. did get guilt, accused of. Or, I mean, he was guilty of. Okay, so we'll move off of Jonathan. Ooh, he's a mess. Jonathan, right? you're, you're, ooh, you're a hot mess. Run, Megan. And then move on to music news. Yes. And we're going to do our Grammy recap. Grammy yes. time. My favorite award. I think it's the most... All awards has some BS politics, but I think it's the most... The one that usually, in general, gets it right based on how they choose the people who's, who do the voting or whatever and people who can vote are recording artists who's ever been nominated or won a grammy and there's obviously some old white people in there too like execs and stuff but that you know it is kind of it's more balanced than i think other (coughs) governing boards are okay you know people i don't like award shows i'm not into them Mm. I, i only watch them to see what's popping but to be honest i don't really care about who wins in that, Yeah, right? like, you know why? Because I feel like it's always a popularity contest. Yes, and so yeah. there's always, like, somebody who I believe should have had it based off mm. of the merit of their work mm. and not their popularity. Mm. And they don't get it. And we're going to mm. talk about one of them people today. Yeah, we will. Yes, we so will. So I think let's start with... Let's start with the outfits and then we'll get into the politics of yes. the winners. <laughs> So I was looking at the mainstream media and Vanity Fair. So for for who wore what, and then I looked at some black media on who wore what. Mm-hmm. And I personally wasn't wowed by anybody for the Grammys. No, there was nobody where I was like, okay, yes. Uh, the one because the one that I could have won if she it could have said if she wore a different color is that Victoria Monet young lady. Yes, I like the dress on her; fits her very well. But that yes. color is literally the same color as her skin tone. Yeah, it, yeah, she needed um, she needed a contrast. She needed a contrast. Beautiful dress fits her very nicely. But I, I don't know understand the reason why she went for that color. I really I don't I, know. I don't know either. <laughs> it kinda washed her out. If it I washed her out completely. That's literally the same skin tone that she she has. And um baby face looked cute. Nice suit, easy. Yeah, baby face don't age. That man you don't, don't age. age at all. I don't give him a shit. Nobody tells me. That man doesn't age. You know how old that man is? Like, he's at least... He's at least 60. 60. He has to be at least 60 now. But he looked well. He looked dapper. 
He looked yes. dapper. He looked well put together, as always. Like, when have you seen Babyface looking a hot mess? Never. never. Oh, never, never. Right? So, you know, he's one of the legends out there who I can say he stays fashionable. Like, his age doesn't... He, he dresses very classic, you know, mm. very classy type man type thing. You know what I mean? But still with an edge. Yes, If exactly. you notice that, right? A little edge. For somebody his age, yes, that's what I appreciate. I like this suit. Fantasia didn't love it. it. Like, I get, like, I can't wait till she can get out of this this 20s flapper theme because of the, the movie. I think this was the last time. But I did not love what Fantasia was wearing on the red carpet. No, but she did a, she did an awesome performance. And oh, what yes. she wore in that performance, I was like, yes, that's giving yeah. Tina. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know who else is giving Tina? Miley? Miley, yeah, Miley. At first, I was like, what's Miley? And then I was like, when I saw her on stage, I was like, oh, that's Tina. It's yes. like a combination. The hair was like, welcome to the Thunderdome hair. That's like, right. Mad Max, and then the outfit was a classic Tina, like, kind of very much so and yeah she looked really nice too miley i i thought she looked really she nice looked good yeah she looked you good. know she still looked young and still mm-hmm. fresh you know what i'm saying but you know she looks seasoned like she's seasoned in this oh game, yeah right? now like, oh, now she is and what the hell was coyla ray wearing I don't know. She was wearing a a bot. What? It's funny because she made a comment on Twitter like, "Oh, my Grammy I'll previewed my Grammy outfit. I can't believe it, girl. You're literally wearing a panty and a blazer <laughs> and like I, some stockings like that. Don't get me that, wrong. The a- accent piece, that jacket, the accent piece is cute, but you weren't even wearing it. If she wore the green, uh, yeah, jacket, it just looked like she was just pulling along this huge heavy blanket yeah, or like something. Like if she like, wore it. Maybe yeah, I, I think I, it would look fierce. I think yes, it would look fierce. It should, exactly. But I never saw her with the jacket on. No. And she's so, very and she's she has a body that's mm-hmm. model body. Yeah, it, she's it's tiny. Perfect, yeah. you know, perfect. Long legs. Perfect. Yeah. Right? Long legs, mm-hmm. nice torso. She's very like put like her she's 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 a pretty girl. Like, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, she's a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. But girl. Put on the damn coat, please. please. I'll tell you who I saw who looked a mess. I'm looking at Vanity Fair. Uh, John Legend's wife, Chrissy Teigen. Bitch, what is that? I don't know. I don't know what she's doing. I feel um, like she's <laughs> holding on. Like, she's holding on desperately. Yes, you know? that's what it feels like. But looking at this, she's clearly taking some Zempic or something because she looks very MAGA. She was always, she was never big. She's like, I mean, she was just normal. Like, she was never right. big. She's probably always small but she looks extra skinny so it's giving ozempic with her and which makes she's and she i don't know i don't know girl what you're doing but i don't like whatever you're doing it wasn't working yes me and i must say beyonce Ooh, i forgot beyonce yeah i loved what beyonce wore because of the theme it was just it was fitting let's put it that way it is fitting but i'm sorry beyonce i'm not used to you coming to the grammys like this girl she yeah she could have wore anything Right, but I think I think if we think about if she about, had that cowboy hat on, she could have done anything she wanted. She could have done a lot of things, but I think it. it I just was I, like Beyonce. I, no, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Because of what actually happened, mm-hmm. I think it was so fitting yes. that she didn't go decked out. Do you know what I mean? There's a reason. Yes, that's what I feel. I she I, she wanted to be covert. She wasn't trying, like, remember, she, like, this wasn't her year. None of her albums were nominated this year. She was there for her husband. And 
I think because, and it, it didn't help that everybody was running up to Beyonce. Like she wanted to be covert. Like her husband was supposed to be the star for the night. So but you me, can't, I, you can't be Beyonce. You can't be. People are looking. <laughs> no, she, I'm sorry. But she, you just, she tried. You did try, but I mean, you're on the spotlight even more. If you ask me, people are expecting you to come a certain way. And because mm-hmm. you went totally left, you almost stand out more. Mm. Because I think a lot of people yeah. were confused. Like, Beyonce? What is I think going it made, on here? I think it was on theme. I think it was on theme because the Renaissance is party and, and like... Houston culture, right? So if you think about what people are wearing like to the concert, it's like silver and shiny and like country focused, country like cowboy boots and like, that's what I'm saying. A Western, nice cowboy West, hat with a really Western cute theme. little dress. So it, it would have looked nice, you know. But I, yeah, I just but, felt like she was too casual, like a little on the too casual side. Yeah. But I but guess like you, said, you, got, you understood why. why. I you understood understand why. why. Yeah. And yeah. their exit of the Grammys. Oh, I her oh, and I the loved Carter it. family. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Because so I guess it wouldn't have made sense to, you know, like I get it. I get it. Like a hundred percent get it. I think her outfit was Louis Vuitton. Um uh, it was custom Louis Vuitton, um, I think by Pharrell for her. So that was int- that was just calling it out. I actually liked it. I know what you're saying it for the event, it was thing, but I thought it was a cute it was cute and on theme. And it was just funny seeing all the footage of all the celebrities trying to say hi to her and um there's a funny one where i'd spice it's like oh i met beyonce and then when you see the footage it's like she, beyonce barely shakes her hand and like moves her along like <laughs> i was like oh poor but i mean there was a, like literally a lineup to greet beyonce i was like i was like and these are celebrities <laughs> it was it's cute but it's also like let the girl breathe like damn right she's just a regular somebody people she's a regular person all right, not so like a god, mm-hmm. but you know what, Tyla, Tyla. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah, she's so cute, and that dress was so right for her. The color, mm-hmm. the fit. You know, yeah, I like that color. It, it was like a mintish greenish type. Yeah, of mint color. green. For a lot of people, didn't stand out. So, like, yeah, she she's one of them that actually stood out and did a good choice. Coco Jones, I was like, no, what are you? Are you a Disney? I mean, I know you're on Disney, but you're not a Disney princess anymore. No, I, don't know if- I felt <laughs> like it was a little on the childish. Nah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like yeah, childish, it but it's also like reveal. Like you're not even cover. It's also a little too revealing. Like, right. Like it was. It was like wasn't fitted well. Like I feel like it's falling off her. Bre- like I don't know. There the there was a fit issue with it too. Like it, the the Disney princess aspect, and also, I feel like her titty them could have popped out any any second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah. cute. There's a photo of her and her mom going around, and they're like literally doppelgangers. Like her daddy's jeans disappeared in the in the making of Coco Jones. Right. <laughs> She's like dead stamp of her mom. Did you see um what what's her name now? Oh God, SZA. Did you see SZA's dress? Let me look at. I'm gonna look up SZA. Let me look at. I saw her SZA's performance. SZA's dress was simple, but mm-hmm. it had a little flair to it. I said it. I thought it fit her well. Celine Dion. Did you see what she? I heard? was glad to see her. I mean, Celine. Oh, sorry. I just hit my mic. Listen, Celine is always gonna slay. Celine has been having a rough, rough time. Right. But 
she when it comes to fashion no one can chat her no she's always she's always ahead of the schedule like she's always ahead of of the time i was very surprised to see her which i but i was happy to see her because yeah i know she was kind of she's been battling yeah she's been battling um yeah that chain that celine was wearing that's to let you know celine you know there's a big controversy with celine passing the Grammy Award to Taylor Swift for Album of the Year and Taylor not acknowledging her. And I was like, how bad is it? Like, everybody was carrying on. So we have the Swifties trying to defend her, and then we have everybody else, which is the whole world. Everybody loves Dion. Remember, the Caribbean acclaimed Celine Dion as their queen. So don't mess around our queen, Celine, right? Mess around and find out. because, and uh, so yeah. I went and saw the video that everybody like when she was presented an award, and it was a little bit like Taylor. You're like literally almost. She's at least thirty four, I think. Taylor's like in the thirty four age range, thirty three, thirty four. So mid thirties, call it. She knows that who be- she is. Yeah, I was like that behavior was weird. Like considering that this is like the fourth time or third or fourth time you won this award. And you probably have a shit ton of other awards. Right. You were acting like this is your first time you won an award. Uh, and she, so Bailey pretty much, it's like she had a lot of excitement, right? So it wasn't as bad when I went to watch it myself. She had mm. a lot of excitement. And she grabbed the award. She didn't say thank you. She didn't hug her, nothing. And then she didn't say anything in her speech. I don't think she needs to say anything in her speech. About Celine, if they don't have that kind of relationship, that's okay, I guess. Yeah. But at least say thank you. Like, you know, the way she just grabbed up the award, I was or like... just pretend. Like, shit, what's wrong with you? Yeah, like, give the fake the fake hug. Yeah, and, like, you fake... should know this, Taylor. You should know. Yeah, it was... It was. It did not It did look a little funny, but it wasn't as bad as what people were saying. What I want to say about Taylor is this. Can she get a hairstylist? Please. <laughs> Can somebody volunteer to do this girl's hair? Because the type of gowns as of late that I've been seeing Taylor in, mm-hmm. what is going on with your hair? It looks stringy. It looks oily, greasy. It looks like no thought was put into it. You won a very big award and you just looked a hot mess. Like outside of the dress. Mm-hmm. It, okay. I'll say it like this. You know that there's some people, the dress wears them. Yeah, that was one of these situations right here. The dress was wearing Taylor because honestly, there was no vavoom to you. Like, I just need someone to do your hair. That's <laughs> a, that's it. I just need to no because honestly, like you're this huge international star, okay? And every time I see your hair, you look like you know. Yeah. Well, one thing I'd say, the hair was not appropriate for what she was wearing. That's for no, sure. No, and she never is. It looks like she literally rolls out of bed, okay, with her hair and just, oh, I'm gonna put it to the side and go to the Grammys. No, fam. I need you to wash it because it's looking stringy, it looking greasy, okay. And I need <laughs> you to put a style in it. Put a book. Put something, put some dazzle, razzle, something. Like, I just need her, because I feel like Taylor always falls flat of looking really polished. You know what I'm saying? Because of the hair. Because of the hair. The hair. Like, go back. You'll see. This is her. Like, she doesn't ever do her hair. Somebody volunteer, please. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we have to, so we talked about... We talked about Miley already with her Thunderdome outfit, which I I love the commitment of that, and and she's honoring 
Tina, so I'm not going to say anything else. There's two we have to talk about. We have to. So Ice Spice. Yes. With her baby fat outfit, which was. Now. People were trying. We're not in the 1990s. Well, here, here's, here's where I can give her a bone. Here's where I can give her a bone. It's very on brand, Bronx, New York girl, how they've kind of brought, rolled out her, rolled her out. Um, it's on brand, but come on, man. This is a Grammys, and they wanted. I felt like she's one of the artists that the Grammys want to. You can kind of tell who is a darling at the Grammys, and she was actually the way they rolled it out. I think she's a potential. She was. They want her to be a Grammy darling, and that outfit. I mean, while on brand, it was a little too on brand. Like, why couldn't? Okay, you keep the jacket, or maybe give her like a white or black satin skirt to off off cut it. Like, you know, to give it some class. To give it red carpet, like, look. She looked like she was going to, like, I don't know, some backyard business. I, listen, yeah. I understand it's on brand. Mm-hmm. And I liked, I like baby fat clothing. Yeah. But there's a lot better baby fat out there than what she was wearing. Mm. There is. You know, baby fat was very edgy and urban wear back in, you know, 1990 yeah. to the early 2000s. Early 2000s, for sure. You know, and so I can say, yeah, that's that's definitely on point with her being from New York, right? I get that. But baby fat has had so many other nicer things than what I see her wearing. Yeah, I'm sorry. So- it just, it looked kind of, it, it wasn't appropriate, you know? It's like, you didn't catch the memo. No, no, no. Yeah, and the final one that I have to bring up before we leave is, I'm sure, probably on your list too, Doja Cat. (laughs) Well, I will say, before I talk about Doja Cat, Summer Walker, listen, Big Bird. Oh, Summer. Big Bird, Summer, Big Bird, White Bird. Okay. White Bird. (laughs) I was like, what the hell? What the (laughs) hell do you think you are looking like a pimp? Listen, she looked girl. like a pigeon, but it, you know what? It cut, it cut a, you know, it, it was a, an interesting photo on the red carpet. Let's put it that way. It was. <laughs> and you know what? If you had ixnayed the hat, the dress would have been just mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I think without the hat, yeah. The hat, yeah, the hat just made it too much. You were just big bird up in here. But mm-hmm. yes, you were saying. So Doja? Mm-hmm. I was Doja. like, Doja, Doja girl, um, her half her nipples was out. I was like, did you have a baby? Like, her nipples were nippling. I was like, whoa. The air- oh, not nipple. The areola. <laughs> She's My pretty girl. much wearing a sheer, I don't like the shoes. I just, is it, her nails aren't done. I, I don't know, Doja. The girl looks like she's up. She's been possessed by some sort of demon, Bridget. Like, honestly, I really <laughs> feel that way because... When Doja just came out, if we all take a trip back in her her career, when she came mm. out with that Moo song, yes, she was yep. fun. She was yes. light. She was airy. Then all of a sudden, it took a deep, dark turn. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing, first of all, I didn't know the girl had that many damn tattoos. No, no, Second they're fake. All, they're, she doesn't. They're, they're fake. The one like on her chest and stuff, the one on her head, they're all fake. They're all fake. She has oh, tattoos okay. on her. She has tattoos on her arms. I know she had some, but I didn't yeah. know there was she's that not many. Cov- she's not covered. Yeah, those are fake. Right, and so, but even those tattoo choices that she made, mm-hmm. I was like, there's something very demonic behind you. I don't know what it is. You didn't look very nice. 
I'm sorry, you just didn't. No, you, it was not a good look. That's what I'm just calling not it. Not at all. Mm-hmm. I, I thought she looked horrible, if mm-hmm. you ask me. You know, yeah. and it was just too all over the place. It's like, what are you trying Coach, to say? Here? I feel like you need to take a pause. I think you and Jonathan Majors need to go on some sort of island for the next year and take a pause. <laughs> because I just feel like with Doja, there's too much very demonic energy around her. And I'm not even talking about her music. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not even talking about her music because that definitely you can see it. It's there. Yeah. However, with how she's dressed, like how she carries herself. You know what I'm saying? Doja, I know you like to be edgy and that's the whole, you know, Doja effect. But... In the same breath, you just don't, you just, I don't like her. Mm. I don't like Doja anymore. I don't. I let go of that girl a long time. (laughs) Because honestly, she's giving me this vibe where this, I don't know how to explain it to you. I, I really don't. But all I can say is that there's a lot of demonic energy around that girl. Mm. You can see in how she carries herself, how she was dressed. You're basically naked on the carpet. You were basically naked on the carpet because that was a very sheer dress. It's sheer, yeah. Very, very sheer. So, and nobody cares about your damn nipples, bro. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, I, I think it was too, it was just, it. I don't know, there's just too much going on. I don't really know what she's trying to say. It's one thing where you're half naked or you're, you're extreme, but at least I could be like, okay, I know what you're trying to say here. Like here, and then she's wearing her glasses, the tattoo on her head. I don't know what you're trying to say here. Exactly. Outfit. And it's, it's def- so, like, I can take a very good juxtaposition type of clothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I like that, right? Mm-hmm. However, I felt like this was too off. Like, it was mm-hmm. too off. Doja, you seem like you need some help. You really do. And I don't know if it's because of your home life. Your brother just knocked your teeth in. I don't know what's going on. Okay. But there's something about you that is very unsettling. And I think you need to go on a bit of a hiatus. Go make some music. You know, maybe stay out of the awards for a while. You just, you don't look good. You don't. She didn't look good that day. Tell you that. And I wanted to say one thing about Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Fantasia, girl, what's going on? <laughs> now, what do you see? What's going on? Because I've seen uh different shots of like Fantasia going to interviews. Yeah, and some of the the shots that you'll ch- they'll catch her in what she's wearing mm-hmm. looked ten times better than that dress that yeah, she had that's on. Yeah, her outfit was, for the Grammys was very questionable. I was like, what? Yeah, I have to ask that stylist, that black guy that's styling you. Was he drunk? Because <laughs> was he there? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, did you do that yourself? Because I don't know. It just wasn't. You missed the mark. Yeah, I agree. You looked beautiful. Your hair, your makeup, even that lip thing. It was great. It was. It was different. I like that. Yeah. But the dress was too matronly. It was mm. too not young and fresh and vibrant. No. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I just yeah, don't like it. I agree with you. Okay, let's we'll move on from the outfits and I'll just call out a couple of the top categories that we would be interested for the culture. And uh there's a lot of, you know, stuff going on here. But um okay, cuz we want to get into our we have a juicy workout. We don't want to think. So okay. 
So album of the year, which is kind of, you know, what's Taylor Swift Midnight and the controversy around there. And for the sake of context, because this is a big, this is the biggest award of the night. I'll list the albums. So there was Boy Genius, the record, Janelle Monet, The Age of Pleasure, um, John Batiste, World Music Radio, Lana, Lana Del Rey. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? Miley Cyrus, Endless Summer, Olivia Guts, SZA, SOS, which that was my winner uh, based on just what I saw for the year. <laughs> Not any other bias, right? And and then Taylor Swift Midnight's and the the controversy with Taylor Swift Midnight's because we know Taylor Swift is a force, a big force to be reckoned with, but of her albums, Midnight's by her own, her fans own accord, was like what in the middle of like mid, as the kids are saying, like it wasn't one of her her greats. Yeah. Um. Huh. And then, um, so for Best New Artist was Victoria Monet. Happy to see that. Uh, she beat out Coco Jones and Ice Spice. I think Ice Spice was probably at the top of that. Just like I said, the Grammys, I think she's going to be a Grammy darling. And so, but Victoria obviously deserved that. Um, let me go rap. Oh, so the rap album categories, Killer Mike killed, got all of the rap categories. He sure did. But and, I will mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. one of those categories, you see, the Grammys likes to play. They like they, to play. Oh, I know. I heard. Much. Yes. Yes. I know what you're going to bring, bring up. Okay. Yep. Because they called out Nicki Minaj for one of those awards that, um, Mike yeah, on had Twitter. Won. Uh, yeah. On Twitter. And uh, I think it was song, best song or something. Okay. And I think that's on one the of the site. reasons. That's one of the reasons why Ice Spice decided to go and try to represent yeah. New York. She was supposed to win. Pack. Yeah, she was supposed to win. Right? And so I agree. I think that was supposed to be that was going to be the original that was supposed to be the case. Yeah, and so they were playing in Nikki's face. They were playing in yeah. her face. And, and then, you know, he ended up winning it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Was he really meant supposed to win it or was Nikki really supposed to win it? And they just, you know, because of you know what's been happening with Nikki as of late. I don't know. They're just trying to play in her face. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think there was some politics with her. There's always been like we talked yeah. about it last week. Why it's one of her reasons why you know she has this, she has this battle against the the music industry as as like you said they literally been playing her face and they played in her face hard on yes <laughs> like this girl is so blackballed she will never see it she will never see yeah it. I think she needs to ex- accept that I think yeah because kind of that she has but if you come and play in my face like you just did Mm. yeah me and you have a problem i'm making a song specifically about the damn grammys because Mm. and i'm gonna make sure it's on every album that i got because you're not gonna play in my face like this but it's nice that you know he did win a lot of awards yeah he does and i don't know if you remember like we i think we talked we definitely talked about that album at least i did on our show when it came out. And I, I already knew from listening, like this was like perfect. It's a perfect recipe for your Grammy. Very true, honest, amazing production, amazing sound. And uh, he actually deserved it. For, definitely for the album, he deserved it. And it's too damn bad that his ass got arrested right oh, after I know. the Grammy. Yeah, but I think it was like, you know what I think it was based on what I read? 
you know, he came up there, he was really excited and he came up there with his boys. So I think like maybe like one of the security guards were kind of like trying to puff up their chest and he's like, move from go after me. Like, you know, you're just like, what are you trying to do? And then he got, he got arrested, which sucks, but Hey, and it's I so stupid. It's so stupid that this black man just won all these damn awards. Yeah, I want to hear has, from him. Right? I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear from him on on that. I think he did it. He did one interview since the award, and he didn't want to. Yeah, and the Breakfast touch on Club, it. and he he definitely tried. I believe it was the Breakfast Club that he did mm-hmm, the interview mm-hmm. on. No, I think it was a Tigger Tigger uh, uh, Tigger's uh, radio show in Atlanta. Okay, well he did because I did hear it. I heard mm-hmm. it, but anyway, he um. Tried to stray away from that. Yeah, like exactly. To focus. And I do want to get back to focusing on that. Like, I don't want that this black man works so damn hard to get to these to this point, wins three awards, and what we talk about is him being arrested. Yes, and that's kind of why I want to hear from him, but maybe he's not ready or I don't know what's going on, but I would love to know exactly what happened from his lips. I think he wants to forget it. Okay, and that's fair too. Because it sucks. Because it did take away. I think it did take away a little bit from his moment. That was his moment, and him leaving in cuffs was like fucked. And finally, I just want to call out best R and B performance is I See You, Coco Jones. Well deserved. Uh, That song was everywhere. That song is. I I still love hearing that song. Mm -hmm. So shout out to her. So we'll move on. Grammys was a fun night, and we. And thank you, Fantasia. Thank you for um, doing your damn thing for Tina Turner because mm-hmm. you embodied Tina. I'm sorry, mm. you sure did. You were doing all the dips, all the shakes, all the. All the <laughs> I was like, okay, Fantasia, okay, girl, <laughs> because Tina is an icon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, she, she was is. a trailblazer in her in her time. Yeah, and so I'm I'm just so glad that she got acknowledged and that they found someone because sometimes the Grammys they miss on the people who they they can miss yeah right who who really will you know give acknowledgement the way it I'm, should be given and I'm so I think Fantasia I think you did an awesome job on that girl go ahead with your bad self because you did the damn thing. You didn't do it in the proper dress, but you did the damn thing. That dress that you performed in was hot. Mm. I was like, go ahead, girl. You know it. Miss Tina is looking down and she's proud. So Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. yes. I'm glad you had that nice. moment. Nice recap on the Grammys. Let's see what happens next year. Yeah. So we're going to move into, we said it's Black History Month, so we wanted to create carve out a moment for Black History for each episode in this February. And so we said we, uh, Kim and I will just select a moment or person or figure or something we want to mm-hmm. shout out that's relevant to black history for our February episodes. So I'll start. So relevant cluing in, previewing a little bit of our, our workout session, which will be about Monique's interview on club Shay Shay. Mm-hmm. In her interview, she brought up, uh, the fact that she wasn't the first one to talk about the disparities in pay in Hollywood and stuff as a black woman, right? Right. But she said, you know, obviously there's, you know, we pay attention to who we want to pay attention to. And so she brings up the fact of the story of Claudette Colvin. Mm-hmm. And Claudette, Claudette Colvin was before Rosa Parks. Yes, it was. Yes, we she know was. about Rosa Parks, the story of Rosa Parks, where she refuses to 
uh, move to the back of the bus, and that's in the south, right? Claudette Colvin was based in the, uh, I believe, in the east, in New York region. And so, yeah, Rosa Parks, that happened in Montgomery, Alabama, with a boy, in 1955, that began in 1955, right? Mm-hmm. The story the story with Claudette Colvin is she was in New York, March 2nd, 1955. So, and she, the story goes that the bus driver ordered her to get up and she refused saying she paid her fare and it was her constitutional right to sit on the bus. And two police officers put her in handcuffs and handcuffs and arrested her. She was in high school. Her school books went, her school books went flying off her, her lap. And she says of that incident, all I remember is that I was not going to walk off the bus voluntarily. So she refused to move from the spot. Um, it was ne- it was Black History Month during that time when it happened. And her segregated school, at her segregated school, she was studying about Black leaders like Harriet Tubman and the Reynolds mm-hmm. Slave Movement and Freedom Networks and stuff like that. And... She just felt compelled that day for some reason after going through all the lessons and stuff in Black History Month and talking about injustices. And she said she just couldn't she couldn't do it that day. Mm -hmm. Right. And of the incident, she says of the times of during her time in New York is that she couldn't try on clothes. You had to take the brown paper bag test and and you had to take the brown paper bag test and dry your foot on a store. Can you imagine you want to go and buy a dress and they yeah. won't even let you try it on. Like just. And so she says, my head was just so full of black history, the oppression that we went through. It felt like Sojourner Truth was one on was on, was on one side pushing me down. And Harriet Tubman was on the other side of me pushing me down. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get up as they were threatening her to get out of the bus. Wow. And so she says she remembers when the jail door closed. It was like a Western movie, and I got scared, and panic came over me and started crying. Just remember, this is a young girl. I think she's probably like 15 or 16. My gosh. And I started crying and prayed the Lord's Prayer. Now, so why don't we know about Claudette? Well, this is it. That's a good question. Right? Because she just didn't fit what... I guess at that time was deemed as acceptable. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she just wasn't the face of the movement. I don't agree with it because I think exactly. she, she was the movement. She started the movement. And, you know, back then word of mouth, everything spread real quick, you mm-hmm. know, because being that you're, you're black, when you hear about something that's happened or someone who was arrested for being on a bus, those words spread quickly. So who's to say that Rosa Parks didn't hear about this strong, of course, yeah. young black woman who, and yeah. she said, you know what, I, I'm doing I'm, the same I'm gonna, thing. I'm going to correct myself. So Colvin moved to New York later in life. She This actually also happened in Alabama, this also happened in Alabama. It was just Birmingham versus Montgomery. So Rosa Parks was recorded in Montgomery, and this young lady, in, this incident happened in Birmingham, Alabama. And so, going further to the story of why, you know, we don't know about her story, and you kind of hinted at it. She said, when asked when she was little, why little known 
as no why little is known of Colvin versus and only people think of Rosa Parks when we talk about that movement of sitting at the back of the bus. She says the NAACP and all the other black or- organizations felt Parks would be a good icon because she was an adult. Right. Remember, this was a young lady when it happened to her. She was in high school. They didn't think teenagers would be reliable. She says Parks had the right hair and the right look. Her skin texture was a kind that people associate with middle class. She fit the profile, to your point. And that really, I think, is what it is. I don't think it was just her age. I think it was also the look. Yeah. And definitely. she said after her arrest, she found herself shunned by parts of her community. She experienced various difficulties and became pregnant. Civil rights leaders felt she was an inappropriate symbol for a test case. See? So she didn't fit the image. We're going to talk more about that. She didn't fit the image. But you know what? This young lady has told her story. And like people who want to know, if you want to know, if you look, you will find Claudette Colvin. So everybody remember this brave mm-hmm. young lady. She was a very young girl, maybe 15 years old when this happened. And uh, she had the courage to stand up and even go to prison at that time. Right? So Yeah. So yes. that's my part. Who did you... So, right, to tie in with what you were talking about, the image, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, this past week, you know, they've had a lot of reminders of, you know, people in the past and Black history and, mm-hmm. you know, what they've done and their excellence. And I came across one which was Jay Morrison. No, sorry, Jay Morris Anderson. Mm. She actually was the creator and producer of the first Miss Black America pageant. Whoa, okay. Yeah, right? And I feel like it tied in perfectly with what we were just talking about, right? Because mm-hmm. Black people, Black women specifically, did not fit the model, okay? And so we couldn't take part in Miss Universe and Miss this and that. So we had to create our own lane. And mm-hmm. and it could be compared to when when I thought about it was Monique. She create her own lane. She has created her own lane. Mm-hmm. And so we had to do that. And this black woman who decided, you know what? Black is beautiful. It is beautiful. And I'm going to find some way where I can put them on display. And so in 1968, August of 1968 was the first ever contest. It was the first ever Miss Black America pageant. And it went against all ideas of what a pageant should be, right? And so at that time, it was Becky with the good hair in the pageant, okay? And we'd all have to sit back and watch. And so Miss Anderson said, no. I, I, I'm to, a quick thing. Are you sure it's a woman or a man? It is a woman. Like- Okay, because I'm seeing a, another. A no, Jay it's a Moore. woman that started it. It's okay, a woman okay. that started it. If if I'm incorrect, please, listeners, <laughs> drop a comment and correct me. But from my understanding, when I I did look her up, mm. it is a woman. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me double check that, people. No, I'm looking. Don't worry. Continue though. Right, but anyhow, the point. My point in mentioning this was because. There's been many a times we had never had our own lane. You know, we had to kind of break through and make our own. And so it's nice to see that our excellence, our beauty, 
was definitely appreciated with our own pageant. Our own pageant, which was the Black Black Miss America pageant. And so it's nice to see that it's now where we don't have to have our own and we are right. integrated and we are winning these pageants left, right, and down center. Okay. I believe what... What year was it Miss America and she was actual, I think she was black, like black, black, like dark skinned black woman. But anyways, we're all, we're always carving out our own niches and um, we can see in black history that even Claretta, what Claretta? Claretta Scott. <laughs> she, she carved out her own niche because she said, listen, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't care what you people got to do. I'm not leaving. So you, we had to stand strong. And so it's nice to see that that black excellence is being noted in our segment here today, but we are going to move on um, from our black history moments into our workouts because we have to talk about this people. We can't, we have to talk about it. Monique. (laughs) Yes, so we're in the workout, and this is where we exercise our mental fitness and do deep dive discussions on issues that are affecting us. And Monique, you are affecting us because Monique went on Club Shay Shay, people. Okay, Shay Shay, I don't know what you do with Shannon because you have people like it's Shannon Sharp. It's Shannon Sharp's year. That's all I gotta say. It sure is. Because he can't, he's steady in the millions of viewers, steady in the millions. But not only that, I think Shannon, I'll be honest, and I want to give him props because mm-hmm. he has a knack. I've noticed since I watched this last um, interview we had with Monique, he has a knack of letting people talk. Just let you talk. Yes, I know with Cat Williams, he couldn't get a word in edgewise. Oh, he no. had something to say. Because... <laughs> Cat was running that damn interview, okay? Mm-hmm. But he let him. He yeah. let him. And I feel like, you know, when something great is about to happen, sometimes you need to know when to shut the hell up. And yep. Shannon knew when to shut the hell up. He knew that who was in control of that interview. Now, in this interview with Monique, he had a little bit more to say. He had a little bit more questions. Some of them were a little redundant. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah. But I think, I think he didn't quite, like, I think Shannon is also still learning. Mm-hmm. And I think he just has a natural disposition where people want to chat to him. Yeah. It, they just want to talk all their business to him. You know what I'm saying? Because he lets them and he makes them feel comfortable. And so, Monique, you are feeling comfortable in these streets, okay? Monique called out everybody and their mother in this interview. There's a few people, mentions that I would like to talk about. One is Tiffany Haddish. Oh, God. I, like, I felt like the mic dropped when um, Monique was addressing Tiffany Haddish. The mic Mm -hmm. dropped. (laughs) And Shannon, you were right there to pick that mic up. <laughs> Shannon, you're not easy at all. You're not easy at all. But then also she talked about D.L. Hughley, which, you know, she talked about him for quite a bit. And I think it's because they still have a bit of an ongoing feud. Yeah. She did talk about, you know, her husband, Kevin Hart, which I want to talk about because I'm off of Kevin. 100 mm. 
percent off of Kevin. I was off of Kevin when he walked away from the accident that he had those two people in. Yeah, I was off of him from then, but this solidifies it. So let's get started because, you know, we want to talk more about this. And the perspective of this black woman, uh, Monique, we love you. We do, you know, but listen, Auntie Monique, we ain't your babies. Okay, I'm just so sick and tired of hearing you say babies this and babies that I ain't your damn baby. Okay, so I'm sorry, Monique. Let's get like let's bring it in. You know, she did talk about her family and stuff like that a little bit, and we've heard in the news that Monique, you know, her family she's very disconnected from her family, even her children. They don't, you know, they don't really mess with her too much. And I want to say that because why? Why is that, Monique? Why is that? Are you and Zaddy too too in love where nobody can penetrate that union? Like, really? No, but for real, for real. So in her interview, ah, Shannon. So they got to the topic of Tiffany Haddish, where Tiffany Haddish did an interview herself, and she had mentioned that she didn't want to have a husband like Monique's. Because I guess a lot of people think that he's too invasive in her career and he has a lot to say and a lot of people feel like he shouldn't have anything to say. But she set the record straight and her union with her husband, one thing I'll give it is strong. It is very strong. Her husband has been 10 toes down from the get-go from a decade ago, okay, and has always been on her side. And so Monique decided to say, well, Tiffany, maybe you wouldn't have DUIs if you had um a husband like mine. Maybe you wouldn't, you know, be in a situation where you look like a predator, you know, if you had a husband like mine. And to me, that was a mic drop mm-hmm. because a lot of people have a lot of things to say about this woman's husband. Yeah. Why can't she have her husband there? Why? Why is it such a, um, a faux pas? Like, why, why is it so bad for her to have her husband involved with her career? He's also her manager. So why shouldn't he be there? Well, mm-hmm. according to D.L. Hughley, mm. okay, he's too much in it. He's too much in it to win it. And you shouldn't have to pay your husband. You shouldn't have to pay for your man to be around. That was D.L. Hughley, not me, because I do mm. think uh, a man does play a value. In, in Especially in her industry, he has a value. And so I don't think that we should just disregard him. And also, let's look at their relationship. It works for them. It works for them. So why, you know, why does anybody have a problem with that? And Tiffany, I think that was a low blow. I don't think you should have talked about her husband. I think you should have kept that to yourself. But Tiffany Haddish has a lot of things to say about people sometimes. Anyhow, let's go into the other person that I really want to talk about was Kevin Hart. Yeah. Well, when me and you was talking tonight, you said you you don't fuck with Kevin no more, okay? After this, yeah. Yeah, and so tell me why. Tell me why you're not you're not messing yeah, with so, Kevin anymore. Yeah, there is a few key moments in this interview with uh, Shay Shay, which you know I was expecting a lot of repeated stories that I've heard before, but I there are some things seeing it in in its entirety was, you know, and, and you know she's very uh, clear in uh, in her timeline and her position on things and why she has spoken against who she's spoken against, 
and why she stands on what she stands on. And so it was still, even though, you know, it's a long interview, it's over two and a half hours, almost, I think it was a slightly even longer than Cats, but it's a good watch first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so like, to your point that one of the things that stood out to me that she mentioned that was new for me is she spoke about the story with Kevin Hart in that she, um, he, you know, after when she was struggling during her blackballed period where she could, it was very difficult for her to find work and sustain her family. Uh, Kevin Hart, she did an interview with Kevin Hart and she, Kevin Hart was talking to her behind the scenes to be like, okay, we're going to try to make this right. And, you know, he tried to connect her with Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry was like, no, fuck that. Um, and he lent her money. She paid him back. So he was being helpful. Appeared well. He was helpful. She says he was helpful in the beginning, and then he continued to push and say, "Oh, how can I help you? What do you, what do you want to do?" And she said one of the things she was trying to do with her production company was to restart her Monique show, her talk show. That's what she wanted to get off the ground during her time of being blackballed. And he said that he would help her. And long story short, after him saying yes, da 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 da. And she told her production company, it's a go. Kevin is going to partner with them. The production company called her back and said, well, somebody from his team, let's say, I can't remember the name, but let's say his name is Bob. So Bob calls the production company and says, no, Kevin is not, wants nothing to do with Monique. Right? And she was like, what? Because remember, the man told you, yes, it's a great, I want to work with you, let's do it, da, da, da. So she's like, okay. So she picks up the phone and calls Kevin herself. And Kevin's like, no, this is a miscommunication. I don't know what they're talking about. Da, 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 da. I'm going to fix this. And in her story that she recounts on Shay Shay, that was the last time she heard from Kevin Hart. That's the last time. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, this happened. And to be honest, that really hurt me because hearing that, this was probably her one lifeline, your own show. So she was lucky she had a deal with her production company where she could even, like, BT. I don't remember. I think it was on BT. Like, BT didn't own it. So she had a way of literally coming back with this show. So that was one good thing she had at her corner. You have control. It's your show. You right. don't have to re- do audition. You don't have to read script. It's your show. So all she needed was a little bump or a connection with Kevin Hart and his connections. That could have definitely happened if he was really true to his word. But it's one of those things, you know, we talk about giving face. And I honestly, I felt that was really one of the things that I felt sad about. Because you know what? If we know about human nature, we're lucky she's strong. We're lucky she even has her husband. Because sometimes that's your one. Maybe you said, okay, this is my one thing. Like, if I get this off the ground, I'm good. I kind of have a win. I need a win after so many years of people literally controlling my destiny. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so for somebody who you think is your friend, I'm putting myself, if I, somebody I think is a friend who helped me, gave me money, literally helped me have conversations, tried to help my situation. So my, 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 in my mind and my heart, I'm thinking, oh, his intentions are pure. This person has good intentions for me. Right. Right. And then to, t- to, to find this, mm-hmm. that can destroy some people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for me to hear that now, like I already thought like Kevin Hart's work and his specials were mid and not that great anyway, but I still like, you know, believe in his story, his work ethic. And I was kind of like, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, he's all right. He's an okay guy. 
But after hearing this story, I'm off him. It's like, right. that's, that's terrible. Well, initially, totally I him. was, me too. And I said it a little bit earlier, but I at one point was definitely on Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? Uh, he's a funny guy. But when mm. I heard that he got into an accident, he had three people in the car. And he walked away from the accident. Like, he ran away and left those two people trapped in the car to the point where the car caught on fire. And people who were in the surrounding area that saw it had to go and help those people out of that car. So the fact that, I think it was a few years ago when uh, mm-hmm. Kevin, he he was injured and he, yeah. he couldn't walk. And everybody was like, what the hell happened to you? What, how come you can't walk, bro? Well, that mm-hmm. was the accident for that. Mm-hmm. And... He left those people. He left them to die. So after that, I was like, okay, Kevin, you ain't that funny no more, friend. You're not that funny. And ever since then, mid to me, his shows were bad. It's the same thing over and over again. And to be quite honest, he he stopped being funny for me a long time ago. Mm. I don't know if it's because, you know, Kevin, you are a mid- you are mid. It's just you had great work ethic and mm, awesome mm. connections. Yeah. That's it. That's all. I'm going to be call a spade a spade. Now, it was sad to hear that that's what you did to Monique. It was. But mm. I've heard a lot of things about Kevin Hart over the years. First of all, he has a gambling problem. Second of all, he's a cheater, a philanderer. He, you know, so this doesn't seem far-fetched after I've heard these things about him and know what I know. So I think that it was a lifeline that was false. It wasn't a real lifeline. I think mm-hmm. he might've been, you know, helping you in the mid in the, you know, just to say that he helped you, but I really don't think he wanted much to do with you. Nobody did. It's Let's scary. Keep it a buck. We're going to keep it a buck. And she calls it out in, in interview in that, like when she talk when she's asked about the difference between when she bring they when uh, Shay Shay brings up the Taraji thing yeah where the debate came up where everybody was like wait a minute Monique said this and and everybody was like criticizing Monique and now Taraji comes up and says exactly the same thing in ter- terms of Hollywood and pay disparity and stuff and 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 sheds some tears and everybody's like doesn't rallying. that sound familiar like what we were just talking about in the black history month moments yeah exactly and that's why i brought that's why i brought that up and she brings that story up around that same time exactly and um uh where i was going with this is yes so she says that people just want to say they them the producers yeah. the directors what i did is i named I mean, yeah, she put people. everybody that on blast. And there's everybody. power and there's power in truth. And I believe that. And but like, but what we also know is that when you name certain folks, and I think I don't remember if she she how she she says this or if she brings it up, but there is a risk that you take when you do that. Yeah. Uh I don't know if she knew. I don't to be honest, I personally don't know if she knew the extent that that would have on her career. I think she, you know what I mean? I think we all think she probably knew that people didn't want to hear it, but maybe I don't know if she knew the power of naming Tyler Perry and Oprah like that. Even if they did do it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like even if they did do it, I don't know 
Percy, do you think she knew it had this? I, I don't, I don't think, think she, she thought it would have lasted this this long. long. Yeah, I think she, I think that's what like I think that's probably what caught her off guard. She doesn't say it, but I could feel like I she I don't think she expected this impact. No, like she said, she lost millions of dollars by not working for years. Yes, so, and I'm Kylo assuming, Perry should reimburse her for that because it was his a, fault. Well, I have a question. I'm gonna I have a question on that for you before you move on. We're you, we're gonna talk about another big thing in that interview that I she put a different twist on for me was talking about Oprah overstepping her boundaries and basically what I got from her her story now with Oprah is that. Oprah was a kind of. I got the feeling that Oprah is kind of jealous. Was kind of jealous. That's what she was trying to say. Her the way she told the story was that she overstepped her boundaries in many ways, and there was some conflict with like uh, auditioning for roles that Oprah got, and so there's like something going on there. She doesn't really explicitly say it. She uses the word overstep boundaries, but she's basically trying to say that Oprah is a hater. Oprah is a hater. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it on this podcast right here. <laughs> Opa is a hater. She's definitely a hater. And I think she tried to knock uh, Monique down a size and didn't mm-hmm. work out for her. Mm-hmm. I think that Monique was too strong for Oprah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that, and it might sound weird to a lot of ears because we look at Oprah as being such a, you know, a mogul, so strong mm-hmm. in the industry. However, I think it took many, many years, decades of Oprah to get to the status where she is right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Monique was a force that Oprah just couldn't tolerate. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. don't know what it is, but you trying to bring her family on your show to talk yes. about an issue as, as sexual abuse. Honestly, Oprah, I'm sorry. You were out of, you were out of line for that. You were out mm-hmm. of line. I think that you bombarded her. You, 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 overwhelmed her Monique Mm -hmm. that is with this whole maybe she didn't want everybody in the world to know about that and I think Oprah didn't give a shit and I think that she was trying to humble Monique because at that time Monique was she she was doing big things that's after she won her Oscar that's literally a short time after she got her Oscar yeah big things and so Oprah was like oh no I'm the only big black woman on this TV here okay you need to pipe down and yeah. so she tried to pipe her down and it didn't work. It didn't work. It backflashed. It back, you know, slapped her in the face. But you mm-hmm. know what I want to say about Oprah? And I, you know, just coming off of the Black History moments. But Oprah, there's something really sinister about you. And it's starting to come out. And yeah, you might have been a great TV show host. You're a mogul in the communications department. You're great at all that. But there's been, in the last little while, more and more telling of who you actually are, Oprah. And I'm starting to question the hype that is Oprah. I am. I am. Because how she's been moving as of late, the Ozempic is getting to your head, girl. <laughs> okay? Because you you acting the fool out in these streets. Okay? Big 70-year-old woman. <laughs> right? And I think uh, Monique was very devastated that her icon, in her eyes, like Monique looking up to Oprah. Yeah, she does. She tells a story about that. Yeah. You know, she looked up to her. And you basically tried to humiliate her and embarrass her. Who told you she wanted that story on blast? Who told you she was in a situation, in a, in a position to be having a conversation about this? 
I think it's not TV the story that bothered her. I don't think it's a story that bothered her. I think it was the fact that she had her uh, her abuser right there in her well, face. Well, yeah. And I think that Monique already, you know, she's obviously dealt with a lot of that trauma. However, mm-hmm. yeah. you're putting her in a situation where it's not uh, highlighting her accolades anymore. It's a, it's it's like highlighting her her struggle, mm-hmm. you know. And for many years, people have said that Oprah doesn't appeal to a lot of black women. She appeals her demographics is a little different. Mm-hmm. Oprah, I think you were out of line. I'm starting to look at you sideways from Hawaii days, from what happened in Hawaii. <laughs> a lot. I've been looking at you sideways, Oprah. But what I will say in terms of Monique, Monique, you came for the jugular with DL Hughley. Okay, you came for the jugular. You and DL need to hash this out. You I don't really know how they're going to do it because out. it's messed up. It's really messed up it's on really her side. It's really messed up because you have DL Hughley calling you broad and all sorts of things. He's calling you broad now. Okay, girl. <laughs> You've been demoted to broad. <laughs> so, no, but I, I wanted to touch on that because it does also entail a sexual assault that D.L. Hughley's daughter had to go through and Monique mentioning it, right? So it's like, here's the kettle call. Here's, <laughs> you did, you're doing the same thing, Monique. You did the same thing. Okay, I know so- you weren't, it wasn't necessarily the story. But you're putting a young black woman into an, a very uncomfortable yeah, situation. Yeah, that, that's where that's where I'm not with her on on that. It's like if right? you want to jump on DL, jump on DL, but don't bring in. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, well, it's tough. Oprah did it to you, mm-hmm. and now you're gonna do it to her. So she I'm trying to backpedal when it happened. Oh, she but... did backpedal. She backpedaled and pussy popped all the way to the apology line because yeah. <laughs> yeah. she did apologize. And I will give Monique that when she mm. is wrong, she will apologize. She will call it out and she will say it. I was wrong. And I do apologize to that young lady. Um, I think it went a hundred percent left, but DL Hughley is, you know, also calling out Monique and, you know, maybe she felt defensive. I don't know. Yeah, it seems very... It's so funny because when I actually think back to what started that, it seems so... It's, like, petty, but it's not, like, for their industry, I guess. It's just, like... But it's something that's very important, I guess, when you're a comedian, who's a headliner and, like... Right. So I'm trying not to, like, downplay anybody's, like, position on that, but also, like, from my point of view, not being a comedian, it just seems so petty because... Did you not go on stage? Did you still not get the same money? Right. You know what I mean? Like I think it's the accolades that know, they're yeah. kind of fighting over. Yes, yeah, prestige is the la- the headliner who goes last. That's yeah. the prestige. Yeah, so. it's a it's a coveted you know part mm-hmm. of the show. Really, mm-hmm. when you think about it, that's who people are coming to see. Exactly. Everybody else is like, oh yeah, okay, Kiki. However, <laughs> I came here for you know, um, but yeah, it is petty on how that all started. I had one question for you before. Just so one of the things, so Shay Shay asked, what will make it right? What what is what do you mm-hmm. want now? What do you need, right? Because we've seen her, she's working again, right? Yeah. She's she settled the Netflix thing, she got her special, mm. which tanked, <laughs> which was not good. Straight up, I want I want a Monique to win, but she did not put in the you work. You did not win. You had ten years to prepare, girl. I'm sorry, you didn't win. But 
she's working again. She's doing movies. She's back, right? We could say she's maybe not back as she wants to, but she's at least, very least she can work and make money for her family. Right. Here's my thing. She says, like we said, she lost out on millions of dollars, but not by not making being able to work. And for her, for Tyler Perry to make it work, she says he needs to pay her, right? Right. Realistically, here's my question now, given that context. Realistically, is he going to pay her that money? No. No. It's just because now it's gone too long, right? It's gone too, too long. And we already see how he is with his wigs on his set. He's kind of stingy with the money. So (laughs) just out of principle and his stinginess, I don't think she's going to get that. But maybe it's a role. Maybe like that's 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 in like a perfect world if like that's far fetched, but I think the best she'll get from him, the mm-hmm. best if he really was if it was put on his heart where he wanted to open the door again, he says he's done, but if he did want to open the door again for whatever reason, right? Remember, he has all the cards, right? So he doesn't have to do nothing if he doesn't want to. I think to but, be quite honest, I think mm-hmm. what will it take? What it will mm-hmm. take is Monique has shown us that she is a truth teller. Yeah. She's very much a truth teller. She's she's willing to put her career up yeah, she for did. telling the truth, which she yep. did. Mm-hmm. And in all that time, you couldn't write a damn special. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. I'm not even going to go there, Monique, because that, okay. you, you, that was horrible, girl. It was horrible. But anyhow, with all that said, I think she wants the truth to be told. I think that mm-hmm. what it will take outside of money is for them to publicly acknowledge yes, what she has said mm-hmm. and that it is true and that they are wrong and for an apology. Yes. And I yeah. think she'd be she able to say move that. forward. I think she would because mm-hmm. she's about the truth. And and one thing I'll give Monique is that in this 10, 12 years that she's been on this tirade, she has she has stood 10 toes down and never budged, never quivered, never. She's Mm -hmm. been on it. Even when her family is struggling and they need the money, she never recanted a statement. She never Mm -hmm. went back on what she said. She's been on it the entire time. So I'm sorry, those people, you got to tend to look and say, hmm, she's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And if she's telling the truth, she wants the truth to be told. And I think that's what she wants. That's yeah. what she really needs. Now, in terms of money, if they really wanted to like make it right monetarily, give her her own show. Give her her own show. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it will take, is for yeah. her to be able to have her voice heard and everybody can see it. And that nobody is willing to shut yeah. her up. And, and I think... She's I didn't been th- trying to, mm-hmm. like, you're not going to shut me up. I think that's what she's been trying to say to us for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it will take. D.L. Hughley? Okay. Oh, now, he's, sir, a, he's a footnote in, in this, to be honest. He so, is, he, but she she's, he's, D.L. Hughley is on Monique's attack list. Because right now, it seems like a lot of her energy is to focus on you know, talking about that, especially in the Shay Shay um, interview. And D.L. Hughley, I feel like um, if you were in her position, what would you have done? And if you can say that you would have done the same thing, then do you wrong her? And if you can't say you would do the same thing. They're essentially doing the same thing, though. Like but just like- Essentially, but, <clears throat> but Monique is being 
vocal about it. She's standing 10 toes down on it. She has not shaken or quivered from it. Even when her livelihood has, has taken a great hit. So DL Hughley, could you do the same? Mm, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, could you do the same as her? And if you could do the same, maybe you could see where she's coming from. You know what I'm saying? But if you can't do the same, then maybe you should respect the fact that she did. And you can't. So that's all I'm saying with DL Hughley. Leave her alone. Stop calling her abroad. It's not nice. <laughs> um, you just don't do business with her, if that's the case. Kevin Hart, you was a damn lie. You was a damn short-ass little lie. Okay? And give her her show. I'll publicly apologize. Not where you had to be recorded. Do it on mm. your own. Do it on your own. Oprah? Yeah, Monique's done with you. She's done oh, with yeah, you. Oh, yeah, clearly. That's done. That's done. She's done with you. And Oprah, I'm on my way. I'm on my way, girl. I'm on my way to be done with you, too, because from Hawaii, <laughs> that's all I got to say for you. I What I pray for for Monique and, and what I sense is, and my concern and why I ask that question is eventually, eventually, mm-hmm. you have to let this go. Right? Right. And like you said, a good point, which she did actually say in Club Shay Shay, she wants an apo- a public apology from Tyler Perry and Oprah. Maybe she's not probably, she's not, it doesn't sound like she expects anything for Oprah, but from Tyler Perry in particular, because he's the one who actually really spread the, spread the lies. Like he said, you know, he's the one who admitted, well, she has the one where she has proof that he actually right? told people not to work with her, Right. And so I think if he were to publicly apologize, I think that would do a lot for her spirit, I think. Yes, I think I this, too. as much as she's been strong and she has the support of her husband and she has now- They're never going to work again. Together. And she has now a lot of public support uh, from people. I think for her spirit, at the very least, that public apology will do a lot because I do feel, even ta- hearing her talk about this, she still has a lot of pain about this. Yeah. Like she hasn't really moved on, and I get why. I mean, she's articulate, perfect. Like these are, this is like, it's like literally like she couldn't, she couldn't provide for her family how she yeah. was before, and she yeah. was in, she had to, you know, beg, borrow, and do whatever she needed to do to to to, to survive, and that's that probably took a blow at somebody who's uh, won an Oscar. I'm sure that her pride was, you know, we shouldn't have pride, but you know, that would be a blow to your self-esteem. Well, I think, right? I think what really is hurtful to her is that I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And you guys want to bury me mm. because I'm telling the truth. Like I'm not out here lying. I'm not making up stories truth so you're supposed to be the black people that i look up to in the industry and i'm telling the truth yeah i can see how she's hurt Mm. and you know i i i have to say that you started a great conversation monique about 12 years ago and it's rehashing itself and it's you know maybe it's because of Taraji whatever the case might be it's rehashing itself and I hope that you know you can find solace in that you've made a difference people are having the conversation and they're equating this conversation with you so you're you've started a movement you know what I'm saying like you've started a movement specifically in black Hollywood And I think that's a lot to be proud of, Monique. 
But daddy, you need to just, you know, take a little seat. Okay, daddy? Because, Monique, <laughs> I think you need to come more into the forefront. Not to say your husband should go anywhere. I think he's your protection. He's your yeah. he's valuable to you in your career. Mm. Um, but I think maybe you need to start moving, you know, being yeah, here's, the person that does the moves. Here's the advice like, I'd have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, if your husband, he's your manager. Do, do I know who Taraji P. Henson's manager Thank is? You. That's just all I'm going to say right there. There you go. Drop the mic. Okay. <laughs> Drop that mic right there. And we're going to leave it right there, too. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave it right there, too. And we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show. So whether you lead with your heart or your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful. And we'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye. Bye.